Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot I bought those a long time ago. I'm the elf. It's, del- it. it's delicious. Well, glad you it's so. a little past past the nah, Oktoberfest. It's still cold. It's still uh, a, I, you I, know. I, I could drink on Oktoberfest any time of the year. Anytime. Anytime is and, the time. What do you got? Are just a straight up line in Kugels? Well, the original. Does yeah. it say original? That's that's just like delightful. A, that was a bottom of the cooler beer. Like we scrubbed some grit and some sticky shit off of it. So oh, I'm, you reach into the cooler? No. It, well, it was it, nose goes, and I got this one. <laughs> so you go to the fridge or the cooler? I said you right got Oktoberfest, 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 a pumpkin beer, which pumpkin and beer do not belong. I'm just going to throw There's that There's one that's there. like 10% on the you're a basic white bitch, and maybe you're Well, that, that pumpkin beer will get you drunk as shit. I don't care. It's still pumpkin and beer don't belong. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. And then there's like, yeah, four different types of Oktoberfest or Bushlight Apple. So did you get that from the fridge? And we're not college kids, fridge. so we're not doing the bush. There's a cooler beer out there, too, in the half rack cooler. That's your goodie bag right there. What? Ooh. He is hiding the stuff. There's for St. Nick, is that we each get one? From St. Nick, a meat lug full of beer? Meat lug full of beer? Yeah. Deer camp leftovers? There's a bunch of bush lattes in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're partially warm, then. <laughs> no, a, they're cold out there. I have a cooler full of bush lattes in my basement right now, too. <laughs> they're not yeah, cold. See? Oh, well, what the heck. Let's do this. You guys ready? Yeah, hit play. We're ready. We're doing it. This is the OKest Hunter podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me to the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. We only have one more episode to go this year, and it's next week. Ooh, really? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Holy crap. Good yeah. news train's coming through. Uh, Woo-hoo! <laughs> I could use a good news train. <laughs> Unlike that movie with the the brain cells. What's that one called? Inside Out? More bad news. Woo-woo! The angry guy. I don't know that one. Inside Out? Oh, it's great. It's just a great movie. Anywho, we're not here to talk about that. Well, we could be. We'll talk about anything on this show. I don't know what to say, guys. How about epic failures? <laughs> yeah, we could do that. One, two, three. Yep, we got them. <laughs> oh, I think I'm taking the cake this year, guys. I don't know, buddy. <laughs> the antithesis of an epic failure is half rack. Go to halfrack.com. <laughs> Use code OHP. I've seen a few of those this year. <laughs> I would take one right about now. And, and I even had one blow at me. <laughs> uh, last week on the show, you, were, you guys were cutting up deer. It's nice to have you here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have another word to rhyme with right now, but should have been cutting up another one. Yeah, well, uh, what do you do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, what happened? I suck. <laughs> <laughs> you shot at one. Classic huh? case of we just shit the bed. I hit one. Yeah. Was it a good one? A bad one? An okay one? A buck. It, yeah. was a good, it was a good one. Was it one of the ones you thought you might have been? I'm not sure. Seeing? I'm just... not really sure. It happened pretty fast. How I just far know, away? I know it was good. 
Well, the whole story is kind of like, man, opportunity missed. Uh, we did some drives. Greg came out. We did mm-hmm. some drives in the morning. We hit, what did we do, two different properties while we, you were there? Yeah, we put together, what, two or three drives on one. It was two drives on the first mm-hmm. property. Yep. And then we were kind of running out of real estate because all of a sudden there's people everywhere. Yeah, a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of bird hunters in yep. there. Yep. Which is cool. Which is great, but didn't help the cause a whole lot, unfortunately. We had a lot of drivers driving things where we weren't anticipating yeah, they being were dri- driven. <laughs> yeah, they were driving them a different direction, which, you know, that's going to happen. It's public land. It's what it's there for. Yeah, so then Greg had to go off and take care of some business at home, mm-hmm. and me and the other three guys went to a different property. And um, shout out to, I think, Muskie Hunter. Yeah. On Instagram. Yeah, he was messaging me. I was like, I'm not out there, but like... He, we, uh... We pulled, Greg's like, what? What's happening? I was like, oh, you're not there anymore? I thought you no, were there. No, we pulled I, into the parking lot at one of the spots, and uh, I looked over. There was one truck there, so I was trying to <clears throat> figure out if it was like deer hunting or, you know, hiking what, yeah, or what whatever they, they were doing. And they had a My Tag My Hunt sticker, and I was like, <laughs> hey, look at that. I was like, that guy's got an OKS Hunter sticker. And so we went out there, and those guys ended up bird hunting, but... Uh, Bo and Scott and Adam, no, Bo and Scott ran into them on the trail and they were talking to them, you know, where have you guys been? What have you been up to? And they saw Bo's GoPro and said, hey, are you guys filming for something? And he's like, yeah, for uh, Ghost Bucks and uh, OKest Hunter. And they were like, you're not the OKest Hunter guys. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like defending us like, hey, you're not them. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. Imposter. You smell of beef and cheese. He's <laughs> a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Cotton-headed ninny muggins. Two-headed bush shaker. <laughs> Two-headed bush shaker. <laughs> that too. Yeah, so we, uh, we we messed around over there, and uh, Bo, we got like a, I don't know, we're calling it a two-year-old, but it's a real scrub rack little buck. Adam pushed him right out of the bedding, came like 10 yards from him. He had the hammer back, but he's like, I couldn't make you guys drag that little thing out <laughs> of where we were because it was would have been would have been tough. Treacherous. Um and then our buddy Scott had to go, so the last drive of the day, we ended up not even to drive. Uh, Adam, Bo, and I spread out, and we just stayed about 100 yards apart and just kind of did a little still hunt push. And uh, I don't know, I we got to this one spot, and there was a big trail cutting across. I was the furthest out into the marsh, and then Bo was kind of hitting the transitions of, like, buckthorn, mm-hmm. and Adam was closer to the woods edge. So that way, if anything was squirting, we thought we had it covered. And I got to a spot where the grass just changed a little bit and there was a nice run going in there. And I, I just had this weird feeling. I was like, I just need to like stop and listen for a little while. Cause I just felt like Bo was going to, I don't know. I just felt like something was going to happen. It was really weird. Just intuition. So I literally like put my thumb on the hammer. I don't know why, but like I took a couple steps off to the side and I just waited. I could hear Bo busting through Phragmites and, or Phragmites, whatever you call them. <clears throat> and all of a sudden I heard a deer get up right between us. And the thing started barreling, and he yells, buck, big buck, big buck. And I cocked the hammer back, and I kind of was watching to see it come out. And it came out, and right away I saw a rack, and I was like, that's a good one. And I got my scope on it right away, but it kind of just filled my scope. Like, he was pretty close, and it was all phragmites, and there's, like, grass between him and I. And, like, it just, my scope was full, and I saw brown, but I didn't pull because I didn't know where I was. So I just waited, and he kind of, like, ran out into the shorter grass. Tried to play smart. Yep, and he, I let him get out to, like, 60 and I'm trying to follow him, but really it's, it's all ice underneath. So he wasn't like bounding. He was just like, you know, like hurrying. So he wasn't like coming up at all. I could just see the top of his back going. I'm kind of picking and picking and I let him a little bit and I shot. I didn't, I had no idea. Like, you know, smoke goes, yeah, you don't know no clue. Happened. I can't <laughs> hear it. My ears are ringing. I can't hear if he's still going. So I yelled at Bo. I'm like, listen, listen, listen for him, you know? And Bo comes over and 
I explained what happened, showed him where I shot. He's like, yeah, I did hear him go a little ways after you shot, but I didn't hear him go far. And I was like, I have no clue if I hit him or not. Walk over there, and I found blood right where I shot. I was like, all right, we got blood. We were all excited, so we were spread out, kind of like thinking if he's, you know, went down or bedded down, let's get another shot because it's getting close to dark. And uh, <clears throat> we followed the trail. Adam found some blood. Bo found some blood, and then we found a chunk of muscle. And the blood wasn't, like, good blood the whole mm-hmm. way. My first thought when I saw was the blood. It bright red? It was bright red, and it was a little watery. Yeah. And I was like, this and muscle blood. It's my first, you know, like, it did. The blood Adam found was decent looking, but then we both found a big puddle of it, and then we found a chunk of muscle, and then we didn't find any blood after that, and we kind of did some circles, and I went to some spots that I thought he might be, and covered about 300 yards after the shot, so if it was you would have found something out. fatal. Yeah. But yeah, and it just didn't, didn't look great. So I think I ended up hitting him through the front, maybe through like brisket. base of the neck brisket stuff, something like that. Man. So yeah, another opportunity with the gun. <laughs> Blown. Speaking of uh, missed opportunities. <laughs> Bring in our guest. <laughs> That's a hell of an entrance. <laughs> what an entrance. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got basement decorator Thomas Thomas Stamper on, aka Thomas the Train is what I'm going with. But yeah. uh Thomas, I swipe, I don't know, whatever direction is the right direction on uh the Deer Tinder app called TikTok. And you and me became besties for a hot minute. Uh I'm pretty sure we've had a lot of drunk live sessions together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was at my brother's bachelor party. Well, that was the last one of them. Time, so. You were pretty drunk for that. Yeah. I was like, wow, he's really running around the phone, running around the bachelor party with his phone right now, live on TikTok. <laughs> Trash. Bad idea. Bad Trash. idea. We're like a group of us on there. We're like, man, he's he's drunk. And yeah, Corey, like, Corey got on your yeah. show after that. That's why, That's I was why like, this happened. Yeah, you're like, like, where's my invite? I was like, I'm pretty sure I've invited you. It just did not <laughs> happen yet. You give a man a bachelor party and some alcohol, and he's got a good time happening right then and there waiting for you, else you, give him, you give him you give you give him some technology it's all gonna go to hell in a handbasket oh Corey, the next day was like do you know what all you said i was like no and i don't want to know so i don't know either don't worry i don't remember oh, i forgot to do the thing so you guys can see him here i'll get that going while you guys uh why don't you tom thomas introduce yourself man tell us what you're all about with basement decorator what you got going on and all that where you're from all that stuff yeah so i'm from uh north carolina um basement decorator started in my basement uh it was 2019 i think it was and uh i'd always wanted to do something with hunting and my wife won't let me put my deer upstairs so i think we all probably live that that dream but uh (laughs) but but so i it was funny i gotta give her a lot of credit though i was like i don't want to be like something outdoors or something hunting she was like well what do you think about when you walk up to a deer? And I said, well, the first thing I think about is what's he going to look like on the basement wall? He goes, well, you're the basement decorator. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's stupid enough that it might work. So, <laughs> uh, For a second, I thought yeah. you were like a basement remodel. Like, oh, maybe this guy's going to build a rec room. I think when I first well, came across, you were like, no, there's a deer logo going on here. Something else is happening. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's funny because when I first started following y'all, it was back when you had the Okius Hunter mm-hmm. thing. It was the, I, remember like, that. I think it was way you know, three years ago or whatever. And, but now I've, I've always enjoyed watching y'all stuff and love sending reels back and forth with Greg. And yeah, of course going on live drunk with Eric. So yes. Yeah. yeah. That was my brother-in-law's uh, ex-girlfriend that did that sound effect. So I felt like it should probably get retired. <laughs> it's sunsetted. Yeah. And and people it either it either really pissed people off, or they liked it, and I was fine with both. 
Because <laughs> either way, you're not forgetting it anytime soon. Yeah. Well, cheers, by the way. Hey, I didn't yeah, get a what chance you, to yeah, join what do you got drinking on over there? What are you drinking on? What are you drinking on? Cheers, buddy. There, that's what I'm going to say. So this is out of North Carolina. It's called a uh, Defiant Whiskey. It's in the mountains of North Carolina. It's a pretty good uh, local distillery. I like to buy local. So nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Calder said him with the OKS Hunter sound effects. I don't think I have it on here. I don't think it's on this. I didn't. I didn't migrate over to this. The mixer. old one. Yeah. I think okay. Greg might have it. So no, it's not on. Oh, there. it's not on that one either. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I thought y'all were based out of Oklahoma when I first heard it. I was like, OKS <laughs> Hunter. I was like. And then I was like, oh, okayist. I get it. <laughs> the okayist. <laughs> yeah, we could be the okayist. I remember texting my brother, like, can you do like a really like border Wisconsin slash Uper okayist hunter? And so he did. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I was like, but I'd rather have it be a girl. I think it'll get less flack if it's a girl. So then two seconds later, his girlfriend at the time did it. And I was like, this is it. I don't need anything else. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> should bring it back. We should redo it. Anywho, um, dude, thanks for yeah, thanks for joining the podcast. Look at all those bucks behind you, basement decorator. So, you, we know you can kill them and shoot them, and you can decorate with them. What happened this year? Let's let's talk about missed opportunities. That's today's theme. Mm. I, I think that you know that's the. It's funny. I was listening to y'all when I was in the back room, and I think that's why I love hunting because no matter how good you think you are, no matter how good last season was, the woods always humbles you. I mean, it, it just comes out and smacks you in the face. It, anytime you get proud, anytime you get confident, it just says, hey, I'm in charge. Preach. Um, <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, you know, and, and I think that's honestly what keeps me going back. Like this year, Missouri, we were in day three. I had a deer that I was chasing that we called Baby Achilles. He was – Oh, that's cool. He was mega giant. And uh, I actually had him at 19 yards uh, the second day, but he had a twig in the way and another buck came in and he went and fought him. He ran off. And then there was a deer I actually passed the first day that we called Browse. And I passed him. He was at like 25 yards. I didn't get a great look at him. I could have shot him. But uh, the third day, the rut just kind of let loose. I think it was November 4th. So it was really starting to get going. And he was dogging a doe. He was grunting. He was snort wheezing. And the doe brought him right to 14 yards. And right when he got in shooting position, he kind of quartered away. Well, anyone who's ever bow hunted much knows if they're quartering away, where do you want to hit them? You want back to hit, rib. Yep, back rib. You want to hit them further back. Aim for the yeah. opposite front leg. Yeah, so we were filming. And this was uh, the first year I had a 4K camera. So it was really cool because the footage... There was no doubt. And there was four guys uh, that I was hunting with, and we all watched footage. I backed out for four hours, and we all said I smoked him. And so we went back and talked about being cocky. I was already, like, running my mouth and drinking whiskey and, you know, doing things I shouldn't be doing. And we get to the, we get to the first spot, and there was blood splattered everywhere, everywhere. And I was like, okay, he's dead. So we start walking we find this big pool of blood. It's spraying out both sides. We get to the yard mark and it just stops. And I just, I just, my heart sunk. I was like, this is not good. And um, so we found another blood bed about 50 yards away. And I just immediately said, you know what? Back out. So I Googled uh, drone recovery and there was a guy based out of Missouri. It's called Missouri drone recovery actually. 
Um, and he came in and he was very thorough. We were able to look for miles. I mean, it, it's crazy what they can do. They can zoom in on a deer and go, is that your deer in the dark? They have a spotlight and a camera that zooms in. And we looked at every deer in the woods and uh, never found him. So I went back the next day, looked again. And, I, you know, I, the crazy thing is I, there's nothing I would have changed about the shot. Um, I hit him exactly where I was aiming and it just didn't happen. I mean, I did use a new broadhead for the first time. Um, so that broadhead is uh, in the dumpster currently. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Derek's saddle, unfortunately, but we've, it's okay. We've, 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 we've rectified that situation. We're friends again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I probably would have so, did the same thing with the broadhead, though. Yeah. I yeah. want to ask the brand. I don't want to, I don't want to. Well, and it was one I knew not to use, but somebody convinced me to try it and mm -hmm. why I tried it there. I mean, my past 13 deer in a row, I found within 50 yards. So why would you change? And the Indians you used know? to be able to kill them with, uh, stones that they would stones chisel themselves sticks, like you, you know you can kill them it, yeah most modern so. tech broadheads i feel like should do the job yeah i think so, they're over yeah. <clears throat> sorry about that man that's that's yeah. always tough yeah yeah i mean it's tough and then like today my brother calls me at lunch and he says i shot the biggest buck of my life he's a relatively new hunter and we get out there and look forever and didn't find it so he's out there with a drone guy right now so Hopefully. Well, fingers crossed for him. Yeah, hopefully yeah. he finds it. Interesting. With, yeah. with a gun, it's, it's. I mean, I don't know. the The range is further. It's very lethal, but you're like the intel you're delivering you more shock. You get like, you don't get the arrow to tell you the story about like what's on the fletchings, what's on the arrow, what did I hit. You get a point of impact, some blood, hopefully, and then beyond that, it's kind of like track and see what happened. Unless you get to see it go down, if it was a really good shot, but. I mean, the nice thing about gun is you get range, so it gives you a little bit more reach out and poke someone kind of essence, but then that gives new challenges, especially in big woods. Like where I shot the little eight point here, that's like a hundred yard shot, but sitting there didn't seem or feel like a hundred yards. You get, you walk over like, oh shit, where was the point of impact? Suddenly everything gets really confusing yeah. when you walk far enough, far enough away from your, your spot, you know, I think. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, especially if you have other deer around, like you were looking at that doe too, and you're going, as soon as you took your, oh, your that, attention yeah. off yeah. of where you shot at the buck, you're watching the doe going, should I, should I not? Yeah, what do I do? Yeah, she, uh, she, she took off, you know? Yeah. And then you're going, yeah. well, I, which trees was he between? He was, I know he was over there. Where did I shoot? Was it here or was it there? Yeah. You don't know. And if you don't see the deer fall because there's too many trees in the way, that's another unknown. Yeah, I've had that happen before. They Saturday, I'm like, what's happened? That buck that I shot at Saturday was tricky, and it was only one direction because, like, he ran out, and then he's running horizontally. So, like, I shot, and then you're, like, trying to watch, but, like, luckily there was trees off in the far distance, and mm -hmm. there was, like, one tall one. I was like, all right, he's just left of that tall one. So mm -hmm. I had, like, a Something. left and right marker. It was just But then you get out there, and it's grass, and I'm like, well, there's, like, 20 trails. Yeah. Which, which one trail was he on? Yeah. <laughs> like, so that was even tricky, and I knew which you know, right or left, which way he was and that stuff. Kind of cool when you're filming a little bit because you get to, like when we were tracking that doe off the river that one time, if it wasn't for the GoPro footage. We wouldn't have known. But I was like, no, she went this way, you know, because we could see it. Mm -hmm. And you, then, you try and to then we did reference. find some blood and then. That then, never went well. Yeah, it never did go well. Who knows anyway. what happened there. That wasn't well, too far that, from where you. That happened to my. Good. No, you're good. I was just going to say that happened to my brother today. 
So when we went up and we were looking at the first blood, he goes, there was a deer that ran this way and a deer that ran this way. And I was like, well, which one was yours? And he was like, I, you know, I think it was this one. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But, yeah, that's so. crazy, man. <clears throat> so Thomas, you had your shot on camera. You said, were you able yeah. to tell what happened? Did it deflect at all? Or did it like hit that rib and kind of veer? Or did that not really no. tell you? So we were able to slow it down and we were able to zoom in. And you could even tell that the broadhead deployed vertically, which on a quartering away shot is better. Because if you're going to go through that rib cage, two inches deployed vertically should, I mean, it, I hit him center mass. So that was fine. I hit him, you know, it was lung, at least liver. And it, you could even see the arrow exit. It looked like near the shoulder on the mm. back shoulder. So like, it just made no sense. It, it was one of those things where you just had to go, that's bow hunting. And I hate that because there's been no closure. We've, we've kept all the cell cams running there. There's, he has not shown up on camera. I have a theory of what I think happened. Um, I think what happened is I think he died. I think he died pretty quickly. And that morning we were probably 30 yards off the property line. There's a relatively new neighbor to the West of his property. And we saw him driving in that morning on a ranger and I could hear him. He was one of those hunters that just rattled and grunted all morning. And, you know, I don't want to blame anyone for anything that I don't know for sure happened, but I have a feeling that he could see everything. And I wonder, I just wonder if that deer died and it got taken. I really think that could have happened because he was, his, he had seven to eight inch brow tines. He was like oh. a super cool looking buck. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm grasping at this point, but I mean, I, I had another close call in North Carolina this year. So I had a clean miss on public this year. Happy for the clean miss to be quite frank. Yeah. But it's still not great. And it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise because of what walked out two hours later. And then I didn't get that one either. I didn't even get to draw back on that one. It was a yeah. season ripe with, with <laughs> opportunity, oppor lots of opportunities. So you can't be disappointed about it, but I, I will say like the whole hit track, not fine. That's, that's, that's a tough. that's a hard one to bear. That's a lot of time and resources used and, and nothing gained. You found a, you found a buck on public that had clearly been shot. Yeah, hit high so and high and forward. It. He was just you look at the placement of that shot. It's like would have been hard. You to knew track. they were up elevated high to hit that deer high like that, and it probably came in close. And they whoa, and they quick pulled and they settled in, and they settled in just a bit too high. They didn't maybe pivot at the hips. They didn't aim low enough. They thought, well, it's good enough. Should be able to send it right there. Well, it's forward of the lungs, it's forward of the heart, and it's below the spine, you know, just maybe six inches below the spine, and it went through. Well, if we, you know, were able to figure out where exactly that arrow was going, it missed all the goods. It might have, it got one lung for sure, because the deer died. It had it's dead. Got a lung. It got a lung, and the deer died. Depending on the angle, it could have got yeah. some sort of artery running up the neck right. too or you know what i mean like it almost looks end. like it was a artery, artery hit i think they would have found him unless it did the arrow pass through yeah it was a pass through yeah there's there's a hole on the other side just but just a like little maybe bit maybe it was raining or you know like something maybe it's another but deer too, that confused him that like, high it's crazy that's a lot of blood to try and fill that Correct. body cavity no trail, for maybe. it to leak out unless that deer were to dig hard and run and and, and do something to squirt blood out mm -hmm. and you know, that stuff, if he was shooting them back in the cattails, yeah. that stuff absorbs blood real fast. 
especially if it just hit water or any of the, the moss that's in there, it'll, it'll suck that stuff right up. The only chance he had is if that deer was running through cattails and he was brushing up against all the cattails on the way through and clearly was not, yeah. or it was just a hunter that didn't have a lot of tracking skill. But that deer went, made it, he didn't go to water. He didn't go to water at all because the river's the other direction. Kind of went the opposite way he, you'd assume yep. a deer would go. Yeah. Maybe that's why he didn't get found. Yeah, he, he went, went up he went to high ground. High open ground near, a, close to a house. Yeah, I mean, the people. I eat off of your bird feeder. Can you let me in? Yeah. I've been like, shot. Seriously. Let the back door Help me open. out here. You know, Wilma, yeah. come yeah. on now. Right. <laughs> You've been I mean, good to me all season. The people, I don't know how the Couldn't people didn't it. see him, but. You know, well, that's just it. Right from the house. There's so many other variables and things that take place. My dad uh, shot a, a, I think it's a 15 point, huge, huge deer on a lease that my uncle has. And um, it haunted him forever. He shot it, couldn't find it. And there was another deer in the area. So I think that deer confused them. Then it rained. Blood trail dried up. Um, never found it. My dad was sick to his stomach about it for months. I mean, like, call me just in anguish talking about it. And then my cousin was uh, shed hunting the property the following spring, and they found it, like not far from where it should have probably died. Where they were, they were like right on it when they were looking, but just not seeing it because of cattails, and it was in this marshy stuff. And uh, based on where it was at, it got it was preserved pretty well. Like the mice didn't get to it or anything like that, or the squirrels. Um, and then my cousin confirmed it was my dad's arrow because he used an aluminum whatever it was, and it was his arrow broke off in there. And so, yeah, it's Chuck's oh, buck. Wow. And so my dad got him mounted, but, like, never got to tag it, never got to – he probably would have made the books and all this stuff. Wow. Not that that matters Still necessarily, good to have but, closure, like, he had though. closure. Just finding it is yeah. a huge thing. So that's um, – it, it happened. I had a deer I shot gun season a number of years back, the one that is behind Greg. I've talked about this one, the, the one that my buddy Joel sniffed out of the woods. And enough things just kind of happened in such a way that made me believe something else happened than what actually happened. And then where he found him, it all eventually made sense when we kind of played it out. But like there was another hunter that was in the area. One of our hunting party friends or uh, my buddy's brother was across the ridge from me. He's like, oh yeah, I definitely heard it here. But then I heard something over there. And we saw this other hunter and we heard a shot. And then we were just like, oh, he must have shot it. It went that way. And that hunter disappeared. And we're like, well, maybe he went to go track it. And then we were just assumed it was done until my buddy Joel found it. Yeah, so it's like, what the... You know, and it was definitely the buck. All three of my rounds were in it. All three. I was just laying them down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's back when ammo was cheap. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. like, you know, I think uh, some people will walk across a deer like that and they'll say, man, you know, what a what a shame. You know, those stupid hunters are, you're, you're not, you know, how could they? You know, well, come on. I think yeah, we've all been there. Tonight, walking yeah. out, I went muzzleloader hunting real quick after work tonight. And uh, I'm walking out and it's about dark. But uh, I'm going down a tiny little trail and a strip of uh, thick buckthorn. So there's like one little area they walk through. Find this much of a broken arrow hmm. laying in the trail. Imagine that. Fletching's got gut on it, probably sticking out of the deer. Deer runs through that little thicket, snaps off. I just, you know, immediately when I saw that, I was like, somebody's heart is probably broken. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Some deer's dead somewhere. Some deer's dead somewhere, and the or guy really probably hurting. doesn't have it. Yeah. 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 Happens. Sucks. That's, yeah, this is a very depressing episode. We're sorry <laughs> for all the listeners here that are tuning in. We've got a few folks watching live. We got, if you want to call, I'll put the number on the screen too. We can always invite some callers. And if you got a short, a 
a story, a story to share. Jeez, I'm just blending. Words well, let's talk about let's talk about what's coming. Let's yeah, talk let's let's talk. Let's I was just going to say that. Let's. What, what do you got going now? on? What What are you looking forward to now? So I've got a buck in North Carolina. He's the biggest buck say, I've ever. I, Thomas, I chased. thought you were say fishing. I'm sorry. <laughs> just kidding. Do what? I thought fishing? you were say yeah. fishing. <laughs> I'm yeah. done. No, go ahead. I'm, I, I'm not a very good fisherman, yeah. um, but. Uh, yeah, this buck in North Carolina that I've got, he this property is only 40 acres, so I'm, there's a lot of property line issues and stuff like that. But he has just been on camera constantly all season. So it's I don't like hunting one buck. I don't suggest it. It's thoroughly depressing. And frustrating. <laughs> um, but I've it's have you ever had it happen where you just get so sucked in that's all you can think about and like mm-hmm. I passed a deer the other night that any other year in North Carolina I would have been a okay with I, I mean he was probably a hundred and twenty inch eight pointer um, but I, I didn't even grab my gun I was like what what am I doing um, but I'm just after this one deer and um, I think I'm running. 11 cell cams on 40 acres. Oh my goodness. So, it's covered. So, so if he moves, I know it. Um, but this property is an hour from me. So it's not like I can just, you know, hop in the backyard and go shoot him for all the cell cam haters out there. But, um, you know so how they hates, are. Everyone, everyone but, uh, hates something, man. Let me tell you, apparently you yeah. can't, you can't not butcher your own deer either. So, no, no. I, I mean, gosh. For heaven forbid you be a freaking father and get home to your kids. After shooting <laughs> it only takes two hours, Eric. You clearly don't know who yeah. you're talking to. Yeah. If you think it's going to take me two yeah. hours, let me just, let me just say, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm headed back to uh, West Virginia this weekend. I, I joined a uh, 11,000 acre lease in a bow only County in West Virginia. And it's fascinating because these deer look like Midwest deer. They're two, the bucks are like 270 pounds. And it's that is uh, the cat. Yeah, the county we're in, it's it's all it's cliffs, it's mountains. Um, so like one of my spots, I have an hour and a half ranger ride to get to it up in the mountain. And there's black bears everywhere, saw bobcats, seen you know, coyotes everywhere. And it's the deer are just massive. And uh we had a close call when I was there a couple of weeks ago, and somehow I talked my wife into going back. Um <laughs> So I'm leaving Saturday and I'll be there for five days. So well, we should be talking about your real skill then, which is negotiating. Must be Stay a real nice Christmas present coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'm finishing up my season. I'll be in, um, my cousin owns a ranch in South Texas. Cool. And, uh, I go there every year and it's, I, if I die, that's where I want to go. <laughs> you know, that, that's where I want to be buried. South Texas is, I mean, this is not high fence. It's, you know, wild free range deer. And it's, it's unreal how many, like, I even hate putting scores on deer just because I could care less what a deer scores. If it makes you happy, freaking shoot it. But um, you'll have 10 140s in front of you and you don't even think about grabbing your bow. That's how good South Texas is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, you put a 140, <laughs> I start dropping shit pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, the first year I went, I didn't know what to shoot. I, I mean, for a North Carolina boy that had never seen a 130, I was like, what do I do? I mean, every year is the biggest year I've ever seen. Oh, that's cool. So, hey, we yeah. got it. We got a caller, Thomas. You want to take some calls with us? Yeah, sure. I know who it is, though, too. So it's a pretty cool call coming through. Hey, 
Uh, Clay, you're live on the podcast, man. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Long time no talk on here. You got some news to I report? Know, Can you hear me okay? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You get, what do you got? You got some, well, uh, some fun stuff to share with us? Yeah. So I got my net. This is uh, Clay, and I've got my nephew, Charlie, with me, and he killed, uh, he killed his first big buck this week or last weekend i guess hey congratulations yeah i mean this is a good reprieve from our depressing yeah. topic so let's lighten <laughs> yeah. the mood a little bit <laughs> yeah congrats charlie let's hear it uh-huh so the, i got there about two o'clock the afternoon was pretty slow i saw a couple does and stuff but um Watching this doe in her pond, I see this big white—I see these big white horns coming out from behind this hay bale. And I was like, "Oh, go- oh goodness!" <laughs> and then I, and then he starts to turn around this little doe pond, and I grab my rattling antlers and I rattle really loud, and I grab the grunt call and I go rant, rant, and I do a doe bleat. And he looks up and starts to run across the field. He was about 150 yards, and then he came into 50 and started to get suspicious, and I smoked him. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Awesome, awesome, man. That's great. Oh, you that's great. grunt and rattle them in, man. You what did that feel like? The whole kitchen sink right there. Holy cow. Finish with the dough bleat. Nice. I love it. Nice. He died a happy well, buck. <laughs> that's great, man. Congratulations. Yeah. How old are you, Charlie? Uh, I'm 11. Killer, cool, man. 11 year old awesome. killer. You're going to have to have uh, Clay send a picture of that to us so we can see your, your cool buck you got, man. Yeah, there's there's one in Eric's inbox right now on his phone. I don't know if I can share my screen with it or not. I don't, I don't have enough tech. Well, maybe I do. I don't, we'll see. That's if all right. We can we'll figure send it, it in out. so you can post it. We're doing the Euro right now. We're just sitting out here by a boiling pot. Cool. That's, that's awesome, dude. That's great. That's uh-huh. pretty cool. Well, congratulations. He early in the year. That Did was it. cool. And then he he passed a bunch of, of deer. Uh, he he made the choice, no pressure or anything like that. He just chose to not shoot some deer. He liked this deer. He'd been watching him, had some trail camera footage of him. It was pretty awesome. Wow. Sweet. <clears throat> what an accomplishment. Great job, Charlie. You're doing a year Thank amount? Thank you. You're doing a year amount, Charlie? Yep. That's a great uh-huh. that's a great way to go. They look real nice, let me tell you. We like the year amounts. Nice yeah. and clean. And they're well, a lot cheaper. A big one. Yeah, they are. Like a nice big euro. It, it looks, I don't know, bigger. <laughs> yeah, it does. Indeed. It does make the rack look bigger. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, well, we hey, got gotta... thanks for uh, thanks for letting us tell our, our story here. We'll hop off and let you get back to it. Yeah, appreciate it, man. We'll have to get you in the Shooter Buck Club on Facebook if you're on there. If you, if you haven't uh, joined, join and, and share the post there. We'd love to see it there too. Yes. Congrats. All right. Thanks, Congrats. thanks guys. Yeah. Have a good Thank one. You. Thanks for calling. <clears throat> That's cool. That's awesome. The fact that we can take calls just to hear. I don't think we got a lot of kids call in. No, no. that's great. <laughs> he told the story really well, too. Yeah. Got you know what I love? suspicious, is... and then I smoked him. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. I love the fact that he hit him with a rattle, then he grunted, and then he bleated. <laughs> and none of us would have ever done all three of them. No, certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He painted the picture for him I right there. shaking my boots. Yeah. The whole the whole time. You would have gave. I'm going to do all three tomorrow night when I go. See there you go. Happens. The yeah. Charlie special. You call yep. that? Yep. Eric likes the two handed bushwhacker. You give him a little motion yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got another caller. Uh, I don't. 
the auto screen didn't work on this one, but I think they're local. So maybe it's your drunk buddy. Maybe it's one of mine. I don't know. Let's find out. <clears throat> You're live on the podcast. Who do we got? What's going on? It's Joel. Oh, it's Joel. The deer sniffer. The deer sniffer. It says Belvedere snapper. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of that. I, don't I thought, know what you that said was. The, thought you said the audio screen wasn't working. It right. worked. It worked fine. <laughs> he just led you off a different. Uh, he led you off the center of the trail. And then the state sniffer. your name, okay? <laughs> well, it said state your name, so I said Joel the deer sniffer. So I don't know how I came up with that. Belvedere <laughs> sniffer. I get it. Belvedere snapper is what it says. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this might well, be a prank off, call. Congrats to Charlie. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, Heck he's yeah. got more experience than I got already. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Do you any anything for uh, for Thomas here, our, our guest on the line? Oh, geez, I, I kind of lost track of where I was talking. I got I got sidetracked with Charlie's uh, Charlie's <laughs> deer story about smoking that deer, and I completely brain farted now. <laughs> All right, Joe. I did have something I originally called for, but I guess I heard that. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. You know, I think, <laughs> yeah. Joe's going to come walking through this door It's like, man, he's going to remember that. That's one of those epic moments that, like, you know, he's going to kill tons of deer throughout his life, I'm sure, but that one's going to stick with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. So... I've only grunted in one buck ever, and that was, you know, shooting it across the field, and I shot it, and then I saw another one across the field, and I tried grunting, but he wouldn't come more than halfway across the field, and I couldn't figure out why, it's because the other deer was laying out in the field, and he wouldn't come any closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. were, oh, he ran around like a thicket of trees and dropped, and I didn't see where he went, so I'm like, oh, no, and then I saw this other deer, I'm like, well, see if I can get two, you know, and he never came in all the way, but... That was the only time I've ever successfully grunted in a deer. And it wasn't something big monster or anything like that, but it was still still pretty cool to watch them come in and bob their heads up and down. But I can't say I've ever... Yeah, I completely got sidetracked with Charlie's story, so I got squirreled. That's right, man. <laughs> well, the, you were there when I shot the buck on the wall here in our basement decoration. Uh, I wouldn't say I grunted him in, yeah. I mean, kind of, but I didn't grunt him away. But I definitely grunted yeah, and I killed him. So I don't know how you want to like stack up those. <laughs> something I'm not going to lie. When something I saw happens. that deer, like, I got excited. I, I looked over and I saw that, you know, I smelt him and I got down on my knees and I'm looking. Like, also, I see this like little white tuff in the ground, like in the, what do you call it, that buckthorn or whatever that is. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a deer there. And I just sat there and I was waiting, like thinking I was going to spook him up or he was bedded down. And I just started getting closer and closer. And then I realized, oh, it's dead. Oh, Oh, that's probably Eric's deer. <laughs> so yeah. that was pretty cool. That was a that was an epic moment. That was just kind of a pure luck thing that oh, I yeah. happened to be downwind of it. So. Wasn't two minutes before that I put on my vest and then the phone rings. I found your deer, so that's why we wear vests when we go <laughs> hunting. It's all about the traditional luck. Yeah, I think I've jinxed it because I've double vested and now I'm not getting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't double. Vest. It's like a double negative now. <laughs> But you guys were successful. That's what matters. That's it's all about the group party and having fun and the camaraderie and stuff. It's not about like how big a buck I got. It was just the fact that everyone got to have some fun and everyone gets a little bit of meat going home and just you know everyone kind of rotates through and gets some meat one year. The next guy, the next year, the other guy gets one. Yeah, so. we share it too. If we depending who gets in one, now we try to share the share the meat, spread the meat, spread the love. Yeah, spread it's your all meat. All sounding out. pretty weird to oh, say yeah. spreading the meat and love in one sentence, but you, you guys know what we mean. You get some meat. You get some meat. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, want some meat? You want some meat? Huh? Yeah. Spreading love. the meat love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe. Thanks for the call, buddy. 
Oh, of course. Nice. Take care. See you, Joel. All right. Later. See you. Belvedere snapper. Bye. All right, Thomas. You know, I was just thinking about something. Kids like that are what we fight for, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, to hear that story, I'm sitting here bitching about not finding a deer. I'm bitching about not being able to get a deer. You know, you can find so much wrong, but the woods are perfect. And we fight against all the griping, all the complaining, all the bitching, all the naysayers on TikTok. Like, I, I can't tell you how many people I, I just because of kids like that you know mm-hmm. and hearing a child voice on this podcast lightened my soul oh yeah, yeah. it's I, we all lit up when he started talking oh, yeah. i saw it Man, it, was great. It, yeah. it makes me think of like on social or whatever like you hear there's people who complain about the youth hunt and their oh, target yeah. deer getting shot because you know Some these kid. kids get to go out with guns and like it's there are people who complain about it but like it's easy to complain about it because you didn't get that chance. Like, like Thomas was saying, you know, we're all bitching that we didn't get our whatever. But to hear and to like, if you heard that kid talk about you would that give experience him the chance they had, any time of the day, not you yourself. would give it up a hundred thousand times yep. to let that kid have an opportunity. Like that's mm-hmm. if your so ego much is so big that you can't let a kid win over yourself. Get the hell out of here! You don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, hunting is so much more fun when you share it with someone. When you yep. share it with a kid. When you teach a kid how to hunt and. I'll give you a great example. It's not, it's not a kid story, but last year there was this buck that I was chasing who at the end of the season, I saw a Facebook picture and I was like, I know that is the buck that I was chasing in North Carolina. So I reached out to the guy, found out that he was literally like two properties over from where I was hunting. And we have exchanged trail cam photos. We have been very transparent with each other when we see, you know, where the deer are going and, there's just no jealousy there. Like he, I had a deer this summer, really big buck that ended up moving to the beans on his property. He got him and I celebrated it. I celebrated with him. I mean, there's, there shouldn't be jealousy. You should be able to work with other hunters and, um, you know, have fun with it. Absolutely. It's, you got a whole community around you in your neighborhood and you just gotta, you know, share the wealth and share the knowledge sometimes. And I get it. You know, loose lips sink ships if you're after a certain deer and you have the ability to chase that deer through all the properties, then fine. But if you know your border ends 20 20 yards away from your tree stand, you've lost it. You know, it's somebody else's deer. That that deer doesn't, is not owned by anybody. It's got more freedoms than all of us. It can trespass and don't, it doesn't get in trouble for it, you know? <laughs> Damn, do not jump yeah. so the deer, Greg. It, it's, Let me tell you as what. As soon as it leaves Damn your it. property, it's not, don't you have no things. rights to it whatsoever. Well, well, like in West Virginia, you can manage deer. There's 11,000 acres. So if you pass a buck, there's a relatively good chance that, you know, if he makes it through the harsh winter, you'll see that buck next year. But like the property I'm talking about just a minute ago, that's 40 acres. So... If you think on 40 acres, that deer is living there and only there, you're crazy. Right. So it's, it just doesn't happen. Well, I think so. that's a good, the, the, what you mentioned is a good point about the, that's what we fight for. That's what we're like trying to preserve and make sure that, and, and the one thing I add to that, and we have another caller in line, so I'll bring someone on here in a minute, but is like this concept of uh, who do you think spends the most time on social media? It's teenagers yeah. and kids. They're on yeah. there in droves. They make up. They're all they're like I, I work in you know 
marketing. So it's like, well, I don't want to advertise on that app. It's uh, all young people. Well, okay. Well, sure. Let's just pretend that it's all young people then. And they're the listening to and watching what every other person is putting on this platform. That's why I'm so proud of what we put out, I think, and what you put out, Thomas, and like other folks that are doing good stuff on social. Because what you forget is like they're on looking, just like we watched TV shows and we looked up to those people. And at some point, we, I think a lot of us had those aha moments of like, oh, wait, I don't get to hunt properties like that. There's not just big deer running around all the time. Um, but when you shame people or you say it's not the biggest book and all of those things that we talk about trying to like go against, kids are seeing and hearing that stuff all the time. So I have a, a quote somewhere along the way that I put out on my own personal profile a while back because I listened to Stoic Philosophy. And there's a book called The Daily Dad that I listen to every day. And it's it's like, don't don't be so concerned about like, um, you know, what your kids are like, what are they picking up that you're saying? Or like, don't worry that you're, they're saying you worry that they're watching you. Like you're setting an example for them every single day. So be the example, worry that people are, not that you need to worry that people are watching what you do on social, but like they're watching, like, you know, so put up positive stuff. I'll shut up. I, I'm not making my point really well here, but our callers from Manitowoc, I think. Is it the Manitowoc minute guy? Ah, that'd be interesting. Hey, you're live on the podcast. Who do we got? Yes, Manitowoc. Rick. Hey, Rick. Uh, hey, you're hunting Rick. with Rick the Peasant. That's yes. right. Rick the Peasant. How are you? Welcome. To the show. Uh, I'm fine. I uh, I bought 40 acres up in the UP in 1997. And, um, you know, you get to know the Upers up there, and some of them get, I call it deer hunting disease, really bad. <laughs> Interesting. You know, jealousy and all that. And uh, this neighbor, the very next door, neighbor he they own 240 acres and wow. before i even settled in i was parked out in front of the the 40 and he comes walking up with his dog and his dog is just rabid barking and growling at me and all that and what are you doing here you know he's accusing me of all this stuff i said hey i just bought this 40 <laughs> and he didn't he he didn't seem to be very happy about it well um later on i heard he wanted to buy you know but anyways, um, you know, he, he walked away. And then a couple weeks later, I was visiting the camp on the other side of my 40, and he shows up. And uh, he says, he, he comes, sits down, he looks at me, he says, I just want to tell you that I hate your guts. if you shoot a deer and it comes on my property, you better ask permission, he says, and be prepared. I might not let you go look for it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, neighbor. Yeah. Okay, look at him. Thanks I'm for like, buying no, that I'm piece of property. By the way, screw you. Yeah. Thanks, pal. How did you how did, how did you respond? I'm curious. I I would have been hard pressed not to say same to you, buddy. But I I think uh, I would have tried. Well, if you get one, I'll gladly let you come over here. And if you want to crack a beer and celebrate, well, I'm happy to do that. I wonder if that would have changed his tone. I I was startled. I didn't know what to really say. Um. Uh, afterwards, I bought a seven millimeter Magnum. Says, "Well, I I'm not going to have a deer go to the property." But anyway, exactly. The guy sitting there at the table, at the picnic table there inside this the other guy's camp, and he's he's wearing a Chicago Bears sweatshirt. <laughs> and and the only thing I could think of saying is, "And I better not see you in the woods with that sweatshirt on." <laughs> Funny. Uh, that's Man. funny that you called, Rick, because when I made the comment about people complaining about youth season and their bucks getting shot, uh, a lot of that was actually directed towards some comments that I've seen on the UP Trail Cams <laughs> Facebook. Oh, because there's a well, no, it is. I mean, there's a lot of people, grown men, 
whining, bitching, complaining that kids are shooting their deer. What and the that's hell? just unbelievable to me. I think I think they get this deer hunt disease so bad, and then when deer hunt's over, everybody's friends again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it starts September one. Barb wire goes up <laughs> October first. It's right. <laughs> I actually got the notice sheriff of the county up there, and he he was telling me some stories, and you just wouldn't believe it. <laughs> he just shook, shakes his head when he's telling these stories. Wow. Yeah, I liken it to a bit like road rage. You know, you forget there's an actual human being on the other side of that. You know. You know, I do have a bad luck deer story. I don't know. I probably talked too much already. Nope. I don't know if you want to hear it. Well, it depends on how many drinks you've had. Because if you've had a couple, we're happy here. But if, if not, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to share it. <laughs> well, I got this big tree just right next to camp where I like hunting out of, and uh, it's I got to stand 25 feet in the in the in the air, and this was back in year 2000 or something. And I never miss, you know, I'm, I don't shoot at running deer, so I never miss. And this dope, or actually, I got I to gotta get this in the right order here. I'm in this stand, and I hear a, a loud crack above my head. And it scared me. And I look up, and here's two eagles. One is flying one way, and one is flying the other. Obviously, you know, they, they clashed. And uh, that that's the weirdest thing. Well, one was an older one with a white head, and one was a young one. So I'm thinking, well, maybe the father's kicking the, <laughs> you know, the, the eagle that he raised away from the away from the area now. You know, I didn't know. And a little while later, here come a doe, and she's standing broadside at I don't know 40, 50 yards, and I, I let her have it. Well, of course, in my defense, back then I had one of those really cheap smoke poles and it's got the little nipple on the side and you got to hold it you know you hear the crack you got to keep holding it because bullet bone yep that powder doesn't ignite for a little bit of time you know a little delay anyways it runs off and i'm thinking that deer's dead and and it's really cloudy and it gets dark really fast and there's no stars or anything and all i have is this little light on my on my hat you know and i'm well i'm going to go find it it's going to be laying here right really close so, and fortunately there was snow. So I'm following tracks in the snow and every time there's a brush pile, I stop and I'm looking in that brush pile. It's gotta be in there, you know? And I keep walking and I keep walking and I'm turning around in circles and I'm following this track. And all of a sudden I see this golden shiny color laying on the path that I'm following. So what is that? And uh, I'm looking, I can't believe it. Here it's a sucker fish <laughs> without a head. Without a head, it's just the, the, the body eagles. of the fish. It's it's like the totally fresh. The eagles. And I'm thinking, there's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Run! And my heart is pounding, you know, and my heart goes up into my throat, and I'm like, I'm just totally shocked and scared. And. I'm standing there. I don't know how long I'm going to stand there. It seemed like forever, you know, and finally I kind of snapped out of it. said, geez, I got to get out of here. So I didn't know where I was. I look around with this little light. You know, I know every tree in that 40. I'm looking around. I don't see anything that I recognize. Now I'm even more scared. <laughs> <laughs> so then I came to my senses. Well, I'll just follow my tracks back out. So I'm twisting and turning around. I finally get back out. Then it occurred to me. That's what those two eagles clashed over. One of them must have had that sucker in his claws. 
That's you know? wild. <laughs> That's really cool. When you made the comment, what are the odds of that? I saw you commented earlier, and I thought you said they. I thought you were going to tell me they dropped on your head. <laughs> well, I said something like that. <laughs> some, I embellished the truth a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's a great story. Well, I appreciate you calling in with that. That's oh, that's good. cool. Love it. Okay. Yep. Well, thanks, Rick. Yeah, Have a cheers, good one. Rick. Have a good one. You're welcome. Thank you. See ya. Sorry. Hey, Tom. Not sorry, but Thomas. I. I don't know what to do when we have guests and there's callers. <laughs> so like nah. you're our guest, but I think it's fun to participate with all of sure, that. What I do don't know do my, my hands. hands. <laughs> Just push nah, the buttons over here. It's fine. That's great. I think that makes y'all's podcast fun. I, I enjoyed that story quite a bit. I, I was waiting for Donald Trump to jump out of the bushes and <laughs> the That's, I mean, that would have just made it perfect. So. Oh, man. How much oh. left? Did you finish your bottle yet? There wasn't much left in there when you started. Where are you at over there? Yeah, it's it's pretty gone. <laughs> you pretty calm. Oh, yeah, you got a nice, healthy pour. Hold that up. That's a lot. Oh, shit. You just, did you just pour it when I said that and just. No, I, I, I'm kind Ooh. of sneaky. You know. Oh yeah, that's nice. He's kind of under the camera. You underestimate yeah, that, my sneakiness. You're gone. gonna be feeling real good. You know, I, I come. I, all, the... I also put in two zins. So, oh. You know. <laughs> oh my uh, my great uncle up at the he had, they own the cabin across the street from ours, and I was probably like 14 or 15. <laughs> we're up there. I think we'd fish during the day, and we're all having a campfire at his place at the cabin. And he says, "Derek, I want to teach you a trick." I'm like, "Okay." So I go over there, and Al's a big drinker. He's like, when you think you're out of your liquor, just lay the bottle on its side for a couple minutes, and there'll be a little bit more in there. <laughs> He's got a bottle laying there, puts a couple of drips. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to teach you that. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Uncle Al. He's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 14. <laughs> it's all good. That is a special yeah. thing so, to your camp, too. Getting a, getting a sip of a beer, or a, a guzzle of this, or whatever. Like, nothing, nothing over, overtly, like... Mm-hmm. Abusive, like Breaking Bad. You remember that scene where he starts pouring them oh, up? Yeah. He's like, "Drink it, he's my kid." Don't Walter tell him. Junior. Yeah, they start puking yeah. in the pool. That'll probably make its way into yeah. the meme land at some point here. Now I'm talking about it, but <laughs> when he, I'll try to cut out the, the abusive parts. But it's more lighthearted than that, and it's fun. You feel like, oh, I'm one of the guys now. You know, well, you grow some hair on your chest. I don't know why you want hair on your chest as a 12 year old boy, but it sounds great because you're you're a man now. Have you ever windy peppercorn? I mean, come on. <laughs> What's that from? What's that? What's that from? Sandlot. Sandlot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Sandlot. yeah. Yep. yep. The lifeguard. And they they eventually got hitched and had lots of babies at the end of that movie. Who would have thought? All right, so I got a hot hot subject I want to talk All about. Right, let's, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear, hear it. it. Yeah, you're not nearly as riled up as I normally see on TikTok. We got to get some more. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm I, I just, it way too cool. You know, you know, I was just waiting on, you know, the hot question, but I'm going to ask you a hot question. Um, what is y'all's view on CWD in the United States? Ooh, that's and, a good one. That's spicy. It is spicy. spicy. It's controversial. It pisses a lot of people off. Craig's out of we, because I, I, I have a very big opinion on it, but I want to hear y'all's first. We I, we know it's a thing, right? I mean, it's been a thing here. It, it is a big thing here, especially in the Driftless area. Um, the Driftless area, I would say, Thomas, it it compares to your your area in Virginia where you're going, where where sand bluffs and and not mountains, but where where hills there, and there's yeah. a large population of deer, a very large population of whitetails. Yeah. Um, 
very large, some, very large, very large, and and there's big deer, and there's always been big deer. Um, it's affected it since the the nineties. You know, CWD has affected that area of the state since the nineties, and it's popped up in other places, and it's gone away, and it's come back. I don't even know. No, I I shouldn't say it. It's gone away. It's it's there to stay once it's there, because it gets into the soil and you know whatever. Doug Duran has done a pretty good job of explaining how CWD affects things and in in the environment. And he's got a lot of uh, stats, data. He's got some <clears throat> anecdotal, uh, sure, evidence to to show how bad it is. And but oh. it, it's always it's it's always controversial with people that haven't had the experience with it. And if you don't have it, like Doug says, if you don't have it, you don't want it. So if you don't have it, good for you. Great. Yeah. But in the areas that have it, they're trying to shoot as many deer as possible. And that pisses a lot of people off because you're taking away an opportunity <clears throat> to, you know, grow the next world record whitetail or something to that effect. That's just how I see it. Well, it enters into, uh, and, and we'll let you, we'll let you this, we'll, we'll air this out and let you have your take on it too. Cause I'm curious. Cause I don't, at this point, I don't know it. I'm not going to fight you over it. It's fine. But I will say oh, I, I would never fight you, Eric. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I would lose, for the record. I'm a terrible fighter. <laughs> I would watch. For the record. <laughs> Let's just drink some more bourbon and see what happens here. Um, They'll be hugging later. It's fine. Yeah, and it, <laughs> we, 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 yeah we're, we're friends. Um, the, what the hell am I talking about? What am I going to say? CWD. No, yeah, healthy. Health, so there's QDMA, quality deer management, and something that I've learned from Doug Dern. So we went up to Doug's farm. Greg and I did. Uh, to do the doe derby that they do, which is actually going, I think, this weekend. We're it's, not going to yeah. make it. We get no, too much I'm not going to make it this year. However, uh, then we went back up and we did a podcast with Doug two Januarys ago at his at his farm, which is kind of cool because it's like you've seen this on Meat Eater. This farm has been on the show. It's iconic. So we're sitting in yeah. there. And we felt like, wow. Yeah. It's pretty we're cool. talking to Doug. Doug's a, he's a good guy. He's got he's he's a smart dude. Um, I love to give him shit. Because I don't think enough people give him shit because of his. But he can take it and he can dole yeah, it right back great. twice. So, fold, like, so. I really appreciate the. And I can call him and he'll answer and we can. I always got to make sure I have enough time in my schedule to talk to Doug because it'll, it'll, it's a good long conversation most of the always. time. But I'll ask him questions for things that I'm trying to learn about from a perspective of someone that's. Well, no offense, Doug, if you're listening, old as shit, um, who's been around for a while. And that being said, he he told me, Eric, there's QDMA quality deer management. People are trying to grow healthy deer. No, you'll get rid of coal bucks and all this and that. But that's assuming that that you're after antlers. And then there's healthy deer management, which is more holistic, which is what the NDA National Deer Alliance has been kind of talking about more. And that takes into account areas like CWD that are heavy in the driftless area of Wisconsin, as an example, where the young bucks are the ones that are spreading all of the the CWD. And the example there. They're the there, most transient of the species. Yeah, they're, 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 like the young 21-year-old at the bar. You're trying to bang every chick, right? Or the young they, girls are trying to... They get to, kicked around and they get a, moved and... They're the ones yeah. doing all the breeding, mm-hmm. by and large. They're spreading it the most. So if you kill those bucks, you're likely to stop CWD spread. Now, the I'll end with this and I'll stop talking. If asked the question, would you eat the deer with the CWD meat? Most people say, nah, dog. For that reason, I'll pass. I don't know that I'm comfortable feeding a CW deer to my children or myself. It feels weird. I don't think that there's no reported cases of that shit jumping to a human being, but you're also not going to eat a cow with mad cow disease. And I will add to like, if if you find a, if you end up shooting a buck, that's really skinny 
not doing very well at a just certain kinda, time of year, you're kind of going, mm, he doesn't look very well. I mean, you've got into a deer that very possibly had it, and things just didn't look right in there. You're going, I'm not eating this. There's just so that's no the way. one. That's one of the, the measurements I'll take against that stance is like, well, would you eat it? Some and people would. They, they don't care. You know, if most you're people, your most life, you're people won't. Some people yeah. won't. And uh, then, then, the there's waste, a, then there's the let's play. We don't want to waste the resource. But then there's but, a let's play ignorant and like, oh, I'm not going to test it because I don't want to know. I don't even want to know. I'll, I'll just, I never knew before. It's not even a thing. I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist. I'm going to eat the deer regardless. And I think I could understand that, actually. You get a fish and it's got all those black spots. You can eat that fish. It's edible. Is it good to eat? Probably mm, not. Right, right. Especially so then you kind of like, you just get a little weird. You get a little weird about meat. it, you know? I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to eat this fish. That's how I feel about this UWD deer. I don't know enough about it. It makes me feel gross and uncomfortable. My wife will be like, hard no. She's already weird about venison anyway, so I'll throw over the edge. So, like, that's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. that, that's all I'll say about it, I suppose. All right. 20 minutes later. They, so we, we found cases. So in North Carolina, they found their first case two years ago. And they've gone very extreme with they have mandatory testing for all deer killed during certain time periods. And what's happened is we already have a crazy deer population here, but we have no buck to doe ratio. So right now in North Carolina, we're probably 15 does to one buck. And that's not an exaggeration. It is awful. And so what was a bad ratio has gotten worse because of the law. Like a lot of people don't have a place that can even drop off their deer within 20 miles. So are you going to do that with a doe or are you just going to go shoot a buck? Cause I think to have a healthy deer population, you have to shoot the right amount of does. Agreed. And, and you know, they can say all they want about young bucks. Well, you gotta, you gotta realize most, a lot of States have volunteer testing. What gets turned in most <laughs> during, you know, your gun season bucks. So of course you're going to see a higher level of bucks that test positive because there's not as many does come in. So I, I mean, my thing is I believe in nature. I believe in the fact that EHD is a lot more deadly, a lot quicker. Like we had EHD really bad here and there hasn't been as many positive cases this year. There's only been seven in the whole state since it started. So, um, and my my other question is, and this is coming from a guy who's not a biologist, who's not very smart, yeah, yeah. who's not, Same. you know, it's just kind of looking at it with the, dumb, you know, the, the goggles is this started in Colorado. It's been really big in Wisconsin. I've never heard of somebody walking up to a deer, finding it dead, turning it in and it testing positive. It's always from a, from a car wreck or a hunter shooting it or somebody who has a depredation tag who has to turn it in because the state makes them. So like, if it was really doing what they're saying it's doing, why does Colorado still have deer if they found the first case in 1957? I mean, I, I, and that's just me thinking outside the box. And like, I follow all the state's rules. If I have to turn it in, I will. Yeah, I think Wisconsin's looked at as a, as a state that has what would be classified as a program to like, mirror to some degree from what i've heard 
but we don't know enough about it in this group unless Derek's got some words to say because I haven't heard him talk yet. I'm just listening. And <laughs> I, I got my own, you God know. God gave us little, two years and one month for a reason. Yeah. To listen well, no, talks. I think what Thomas said is nature is nature. And yep. I think nature. What, we've, what we've seen in Wisconsin, and we've got two different things that are happening here. So the areas that are prevalent with CWD are the really good private land areas, mm-hmm. like the Driftless, mm-hmm. where we yep. have a culture of not killing does. A lot of private yep. land, not all, but a no, lot of right. private why, landowners we have a don't want to kill yep. their does because they want the bucks there for the rut. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gone on for decades where these does are not getting killed. The does are transmitting and having CWD and bucks are obviously too. But those are the areas where CWD naturally, nature is trying to take care of the carrying capacity. That's 100%. what it does. That's a- that's exactly. why EHD exists in areas with high populations. Yeah. We've created yep. that population by not harvesting a good number of does. But Everyone the other part is not the other. Yeah, 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 and I and I get that, but like that's your job as a steward of the land. And Doug Duran, I think, would probably argue about that too. The other thing we have going on is we have CWD introduced through deer farms yeah. in Wisconsin mm. that has been deer escaping from deer farms from also populated areas of deer that are highly concentrated and then they spread it. Um, so we got two different ways of thinking about it, but I think the one is very preventable. We just, you, you got to figure out a way to manage those in private land. Yep. And that's, and that's it's a hard one. I'm, that's how I got my permission is yeah. I'm seeing so many does and the farmer is just happy to, sec- to see me shoot all in any does. Last year you were seeing how many <laughs> in the field. There, like, there literally would be 30 to 40 deer yeah. as I was getting field. down in a 60 acre field. <laughs> well, and in the area that, that we're dark. talking about, the Driftless, where Doug sent me up the conversation, maybe it's time to bring Doug back on the show at some point here, but uh, he talks about the gentrification of the, of the land over there, i.e. it's almost all bought up by people that are out of state. Yeah. They're Illinois residents that own private and driftless that are trophy hunting and therefore not taking any does. So what Doug's doing with like what the doe derby is, as an example, is he's got enough private land permission to bring people that don't own the land onto the private to go kill a bunch of does because the people that own the land aren't doing it because they only want the deer to put on their wall. No, no offense, basement decorator, (laughs) but like that's a different that's a that's a problem, right? Like it's a bunch of people out of state yeah. that bought up land to trophy hunt it that aren't here to manage it, maintain it, take care of it. They're certainly not shooting does because they're yeah. not trying to get their a hands dirty. Couple hundred acres a can they don't want the fifty meat. deer. It's a totally different ideology. So it's good that there's a local, like someone that influential like Doug, that's bringing people in right. the area and you know doing. He does a good job of work. it, and he's trying to do more with sharing the land and getting people into hunting. And he's he's a great conservationist. But yeah, CWD, when I, when I was in high school, 2004, I was in some debate class. This is a long time ago now. This is like, what, 20 years ago, essentially? Not essentially. It's 24 years ago. It's exactly. <laughs> about 20 years ago. I didn't want to mention that until it came out of my mouth. And I was like, damn it, here we are. I stepped in it. I'm 03. Yeah. So anyway, I did a, I did a debate pups. on CWD. And, and back then it was like, this is a conspiracy theory. The there, there was like all this talk about the DNRs just trying to like raise fu- like all this stuff. And I remember at the conclusion of all of it, all this like uh, academic research I'd done as a bullshit high schooler. Cause I cared about this topic as a deer hunter, even in high school. Um, it just felt like there's, yeah, there's this bottomless pit of information you can sift through and it's hard to formulate a, an opinion. Like, but to Derek's point, yeah. I, I think I can like agree with the holistic nature of it. I do more too. so than anything. Like if it's been around for a long time, 
To your point, though, there have been deer here in Wisconsin that have been identified lie alive with CWD near roads, like, walking near, in circles. Yeah, that just looked not was, good. One was taken, and Doug posted it on his Instagram and Facebook accounts. It was in a ditch. It was just like it was just it, it, was, it was just, just a zombie of a deer, yeah. and the guy shot it, and they brought it in, and Doug pulled. You know, Doug did what Doug does, and he pulled the nodes out of it and sent it in, and well, lo and behold, it tested positive. But, I think getting data is good. I don't think there's a problem with yeah, getting data. Yeah, help the, the DNR story. out. I mean, there's enough people that probably listen to this that hate the DNR. They want to bash them every chance they get, <clears> and they will because they're keyboard warriors, and that's fine. But help oh, the shit. DNR Mitch, out. Mitch Baker's out. watching, man. Mitch knows a lot about Mitch and his wife. That's like they're like the next best thing. They know. They know, they, so they much. know 100%. That opens up. So, it, sorry, go ahead, Thomas. I, I have two two things that I wish. So if you're a CWD state, this is something I wish all the DNRs would do. Make it easier to donate a dough. Make it easier to use that dough, and you would get a lot more testing done at those donation stations. So you can feed the hungry, and then if it's positive, you get a positive. The other thing I wish they would do is, since we, it sounds like every state has the same issue. We have too many does, not enough bucks. I really, like North Carolina, we have a two-month gun season. It's insanity, and people still don't shoot does. No, because they're they, after the trophy. What are they the don't, ta- what are they the don't understand like, what, what your... the, the meat quality is out of a doe. It's great. No, and, and like people are going to look at me and go, well, you've been chasing this one deer, blah, blah, blah. The last week of the season, I'm going to get all my does t- doe tags filled. It'll be done in one night. Honestly, it's just yeah. about what I did. Yeah. I mean, it's like. And it's getting to be end of the season. Yeah. I'm not seeing that buck there. That buck's not coming. Well, there's, so. there's controversy around when to shoot a doe based on breeding cycles and rut and so forth too. I like want to hear Thomas's other idea too. Yeah, well, well so I think they're putting like in North Carolina, they're putting a lot of burden on the hunter to, you know, drive that extra 30 minutes to go, you know, they have to do the donation. So they're making the hunter think, well, I don't want to shoot that doe because mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. So, I wish that all the states would implement during archery season an earn a buck program. We had that. You that have was to, controversial. Too. You have to shoot two does to get a buck tag. That helps. And I think it would it would help tremendously. I mean, it, it, because you become a better hunter by shooting does. I would much rather deal with a buck 20 feet in a stand than an old doe. I hate old does. They are the worst at picking you out in a tree stand of any deer in the woods. And it, it makes you a better hunter all around. That, uh, that's really interesting that you mentioned that, Thomas, because I was just thinking about an instance about the Ernebuck. Um, I've always been kind of a proponent, I guess, of the Ernebuck because I think it's the only way you can semi-control private landowners into getting them to shoot does, even though you really can't. I think that's like the most effective way um, because I'm not going to name names here, but we used to have contact with an outfitter in the Driftless area who was a very renowned guy. And for an outfitter in Wisconsin who's got clients coming from all over paying top dollar for a hunt in one of the world-class best areas, they had to earn a buck. So these guys coming in had a five, six, seven-day hunt, and they had to shoot a doe. So what this outfitter had been doing was driving them all to a farm in a different county. Oh, shit. And shooting does, which did the, you know, (laughs) that is not at all what it was intended for. Yeah, it's harvesting does, but, like, the area that you're... (laughs) was the CWD area. 
So like the, the guys who don't want to shoot does are still going to figure out ways to not no, that's, shoot I've never, does. I've never heard of that. That's interesting. And this isn't, I mean, this was lots of guys, right? Like, so here's, yeah. here's my, here's my, uh, my, I have to tell you, Thomas, I um, commend you because a lot of people like to bitch, piss and moan, complain for the sake of just that all in and of itself. Not I happy. really Let's appreciate that you said, here's my thing. And wow, wouldn't it be great if we could do this or that? And you came with two ideas. As a, as a uh, you know, whatever. I remember one boss that I had a long time ago. He goes, you ever have a problem? If you come to me without a solution, I'm going to send you right back. Come no, to me I, with one to two solutions before you come to me because I can't solve all your problems. You need to like think through to a certain degree and then I'll help you. And maybe you'll solve it before you even get to me. Like the fact that you're thinking through, it's productive. It's not just for fodder. So, like, I got to say, man, thank you for just having Well, that. And, and here's my fear. So, last year was the first year that we had CWD in North Carolina with regulations. The, the, there was five counties that they called the CWD counties. The harvest report was down 4,200 in just five counties. And I was talking to a lot of the local processors this year, and they're just not seeing the amount of deer that they've really ever seen in years past. So my fear is that because of, I think the DNRs do the best they can to try to educate people on it, but let's be real. They Me, do, more, they do you, more than deer. They do everything, you know? Yeah. Well, they do, but look, I think deer probably sells more licenses than, yeah. than most other things. You know, if I'm, if, if we're being honest, but I bet you all of us have eaten a deer that had CWD and didn't know it. Very possible. That's what it, I'm yeah, it, wondering. You know, and and not that any of us would do it if we, we knew that they had it. But I think if you have a volunteer system, but also build in something where, you know, like we said, earn a buck. But I just my biggest fear is there are a lot of people in North Carolina, like our license sales are way down from mm -hmm. two years ago. Ours are down and the people are, are stopping hunting because they don't know what they don't know. Right. They just read on the internet, CWD, like the other day, the DNR put a message out. There was a case found on the western part of the state. It was the first case found on the western part. And they said, deadly deer disease oh, found that's in Franklin County. That, that's, that's, just, a that's a media problem. That's a media problem. That's not a CWD problem. That's a media yeah. problem. Yeah. No, and, and that's the thing. Like, the, I, I'll be honest. Like, some of the, and I'll just say it. I don't care. Some of the game wardens here don't like me. And I know that they watch my stuff under fake accounts and they try to find me doing something illegal. And I don't, I follow every law that they put out. And it's because they feel like I speak out against this and I'm just like trash talking it. I'm not like, I want, I love this. I love hunting. It is part of me. I want it to be part of what my sons do. And I have this fear that if we keep going down this road and they act like it's just this deadly deer disease, the people are just going to quit. And I hate that. Well, I, I think, absolutely you think hate I that. think you can look at, you know, anything that's occurring in modern time, it's assumed that it's an isolated event. The fact that this dates back to 1980, per what Mitch had said, or if you go back to 1950s, you know, to what you were talking about, this has been something we've dealt with as a, as a country, state, community, whatever you want to call it, um, in some way, shape, or form. So because it's a part of history, if you could look back at the Wisconsin example of the early 2000s, late 90s, yeah. you get a sense for exactly what happened and how it went. And here we are today. We're still here. Like, and, uh, you know what I mean? So, like, I, 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 I'm softening the blow a little bit of the concern you have. I think it'll have an impact, but just like stocks, things ebb and flow. And um, that's one component, though. There's so many things that us hunters have to worry about. 
uh, that could take our heritage away. This is one of them. I can kind of go you back know, and <laughs> stir this pot, just this pot of meat, just a little bit. Pot I can guarantee you that CWC most of us just love meat. CW, meat. Love meat. I can tell you that most of us have probably consumed some CW meat, CWD meat at some point, some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Everybody takes their stuff to the butcher. The butcher uses the they same equipment. Them. If it's CWD prions, or not, prions right. stick to the to the equipment. It it gets in the meat. It ends up getting there. So there's a reason not to go to the butcher and learn how to do it yourself. Right. But maybe you have a CWD deer and you you don't even know. Like it might be too little, <clears throat> too late anyway. Yeah. So whatever. You know, we could we could do something about it starting next year. It's probably a little late this year. We could. Uh, you know how we had that TikTok deer hunting or uh, turkey hunting competition in the spring that uh, yours truly won, by the way. But uh, <laughs> um, humble brag. We could. We should start something next year, like get some other people that have somewhat of a following behind it, and just say, "Hey, let's all try to use all our doe tags." I use mine. And, you know, and and like put something on it. We could all throw in a hat, you know, from whatever our respective brand is. And, and, you know, the first person to get all their dough tags gets a hat from everyone or something like that. Like you know, just idea. something dumb. I dig it. I, I like it's that. not dumb. It's, it's for a cause. Let's, well, yeah. let's do our job as conservationists and hunters. Mm-hmm. Let's fill our dough tags as much as it might pain you to do so. Do it. You won't be the yeah. guy bitching about oh, poor quality painful. meat yep. at the end of the day. It, it get comes tested, down. Don't get them tested. You kill a hot dough, you just do kill it. the decoy right in front of you. It's fine. The There'll be another in. one there to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got another caller in, uh, and I'm happy to bring him on. It's Calder. You're live on the show, Calder. Um, we're running we're running into the seven seven ish hour, so we'll we'll keep her moving here. But what do you got, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, oh, wow. loud and clear. Very clear. Very clear. Good. Okay, I'm trying out some headphones tonight, so it's a little more clear. Sounds very intimate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, hear me. Okay. Okay. Well, I could take them out. Of <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, take, no, we like no, it. No, no. Take, it take something else off. No, just <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just hanging out in the garage here, having some brews and listening to the podcast. Uh, All right. What are you wearing? I don't know. I just, I Camel? guess I'd, <laughs> I'd uh, turning red. I can feel the blushing. A message of hope. A message of hope to Thomas. I don't know. I. It reminded me, I was just listening to the Meteor podcast and they had the Cornell lab of ornithology people on, but they were talking about DWD for a little bit there. And I guess, you know, I don't know, I'm not too much into it, but a few years ago, I guess, you know, they found some cases and eradicated it pretty quickly, supposedly. So I've never seen a deer or anything acting crazy like that up here in upstate New York. I'm up here just east of lake ontario thomas uh by the adirondack mountains so um yeah i mean there's a lot of farmland out here and people shoot a lot of deer they're kind of almost seen as a nuisance out of here a lot of a lot of vehicle accidents out here and whatnot so a lot of deer get shot i've heard of farmers shooting you know 10 15 20 does and letting them lay um just you know to guard their crops and whatnot um yeah go ahead no no we were just responding to the dead okay in the field. yeah 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 it's a lot you know and it sounds like a waste too and it's you know it's for me for somebody that goes out and hunts so up here in new york i get five to six tags every year depending on the uh, rifle season lottery doe tags um but i get a boat two bow muzzleloader tags and then 
hopefully three rifle tags, one buck and two doe. Um, but you know, I look at does as, you know, freezer fillers, just like that meat. And, you know, I hunt bucks. I love to shoot a buck, but I'm not going to pass up on a, a decent buck or a little buck because, you know, I'm waiting for a rack or I'm just out there for the adventure and to shoot them. Well, you, 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 did, know, a, you did a track them. hunt, man, that I think you post in the shooter buck club. And that's a really unique style of hunting. We're going to, you're like basically the next Hal Blood on the up and coming list here. Like that's pretty freaking crazy to have done that. And, and there's you know, something about that style of hunting though. That's just so awesome and fun. Seems very romantic. It is. It's, I don't mean romantic you know, in a sexual way. Yeah. I mean like romanticism in like... I you could... mean it how you mean it. <laughs> yeah, you said it already. You already dropped the bomb. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, yeah, we've already been... Yeah, okay. I'm going to get all red in the face again. Yeah, and yeah, but and so the, and honestly, that style of hunting, you know, I've lived here all my life near the Adirondack Mountains, and there's, there's really six million acres of public land that, you know, they say you're, you're a public landowner. And so, you know, it's intimidating to try to get out there and just overcome that task and try to shoot a, you know, wild Adirondack buck. But I got out, you know, I got a little courage. I actually was planning on going out the day before and we got dumped on with a foot of snow. So I woke up and had to clear my driveway, had to clear my neighbor's driveway, a couple older ladies. And then by the time that happened, the day was kind of out of reach for getting out to hunt but the following day I ended up getting out and started out about 9 30 put in about 5.8 miles ended up being about six and a half hours time just flies though when you're out there in nature you're walking around um you know it's just you're out in God's country and so time flies but I ended up talking about missed opportunities earlier way to bring it back I ended up I missing uh <laughs> I ended up missing, uh, you know, the biggest buck I've ever seen alive on the hoof. It just, it was 36 yards away. It was with a doe. Um, I was walking on the side of a mountain in the big woods, um, caught their track going up in elevation and followed it. And then I got a whiff of buck bed just right in the face. And I knew they were close. So I, tracked him about 15 20 more yards to a little ridge and peeked over it and uh actually filmed the doe that he was with for a little bit and then uh I noticed him and then I tried to get a shot on him but it was you know it's pretty thick brush up there so he got away and I kept tracking and then on my way out to the vehicle I stumbled uh stumbled across a track that was breaking out of the woods that cut across my tracks going into the woods and uh i the track was going the same way i was so i followed it for about 50 or 60 yards and uh i peeked around the corner of a big pine tree and this buck was just standing there broadside 18 yards away looking right at me i saw he had horns and my heart just started thumping (laughs) let's go (laughs) so i uh pulled up the thirty thirty to my shoulder and I let a round fly right into his rib cage and I racked another round and just watched him and he ran probably out uh, thirty yards and then just started wobbling and fell over. But uh That's a cool one. it was it was just That's a when crazy you start partying like a rock star right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Party like a rock star. That's crazy. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I was out there all alone. And so I realized, you know, the work just started as soon as I killed that buck, I had a, the drag and the gut and everything, but it worked out good. And I got out and, you know, there were some people that I had met on the way in that were on the way out that had hunted in there for years and they're all veterans and they couldn't believe I got a buck. And so that was fun to just have people excited for me and, you know, shout out to you guys too, just for always being encouraging. And we love you know, seeing a, people. A great, great have time. Success. It really, it, it's very awesome to see, you know, especially when we're not having, at least somebody's having success. Sounds like a hell of a day. Calder. Yeah. 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 It's congrats. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great time, but yeah, just, uh, just to a note of positivity for Thomas there, you know, the CWD thing, I think if, you know, I think, you know, the thing to do really is to combat that negative media with just positive um, social media, you know, use your voice, whatever you got, get out there, tell your community, spread the word, you know, hunters are a big community and we can take on a lot of big challenges too. So I think just keep a positive outlook on the CWD issue and, you know, push ahead and make your voice be heard on you know, your thought. I think what Calder just said is the key. And that's what I was kind of maybe mentioned before, like Thomas, instead of just sitting around and, you know, complaining or coming up with the problem, like most people putting the blame on DNR or, you know, they do this, they do that. That's so easy to do. That's, you know, the armchair quarterback, the keyboard warrior. The DNR you, can only do so much. They well, have to enforce the laws. It's, it's on us. It's on We're us the to do the harvesting. There. And, and They're do public the if you believe in yeah. antler point yeah. restrictions, you better be passing deer. If you believe there's too many does, you better be going to areas and hunting in areas that have too many and taking them out. Like mm-hmm. you're the person who's yep. going to make the yep. difference. Be the change you seek to make in the world. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Caller, we got a, We got another caller behind you, and I really am glad you called All right, in. Guys. We'll give yeah, you a good buddy. We'll get you on to your own episode. Congrats on that buck call. Congrats, man. Thanks, we'll buddy. talk soon. You know what? Yep. Tomorrow night, I'm going to shoot every doe I see. I promise <laughs> I hope you. you. Do. Yes. Hey, okay, so this one's for you. This one's for you, uh, Thomas. So our, our next caller is is Mitch Baker, who lives in the Driftless, who's somewhat of a thought leader on and, CWD. And, and Mitch, a good Mitch, friend, too. Yes. We've, I've, spent, I've hunted with Mitch personally. We've had some really good dialogue on a nice ridge top during the Doe Derby two years ago, I think. Mitch, you're live on the show, buddy. What do you got? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, buddy. Well, we're getting, good, we're getting into the bourbon. So how was your good. trip to Montana? It was fantastic. Awesome. Got got my dad on a real nice mule deer. Sweet. Mitch is a lot older than me and in better I shape. I've been. I have entire never life. killed a muley. None of us in this room have. Have, have you? No, I haven't. Elk, you, but not a muley. Not a muley. Yeah. So that's a pie in the sky dream. Are you yeah. Muley or muley? It was muley. a lot of fun. It was great. It's awesome. Have some more of this. But anyway, Mitch, what do you know? <laughs> well, I figured since you're talking about CWD, I'd call in because, <laughs> you know, I have opinions on that. <laughs> you certainly do. You certainly do. And you live in the heart um, of CWD country, so let's Yeah, yeah. And, well, we're, we've been testing, and obviously I pull lymph nodes for everybody, and you know, I don't. I don't think it's the case that we get more bucks in than does, really. Um, so I don't think that's an issue as far as why the prevalence seems to appear in bucks more. Um, 
But the previous caller mentioned, you know, how New York you know, and on Meat Eater, they talked about how they kind of squashed it out in New York. And that is basically what we tried to do in Wisconsin when they first found it, but it was probably a little bit late. Um, and that's just target the area that has it. And that's why after the the first year of finding it, they tested 40,000 animals. So they could try to target where to, you know, thin the herd basically. And that's sort of what Illinois did when they found it at the exact same time. And they've done a pretty good job at keeping the percentages low. They've just taken a different route than Wisconsin did right across the border from the same, Mm -hmm. kind of the same herds. And that's what Illinois has done in the last 20 years is just when they find some cases, they focus more um, targeted hunting in those areas. And it seems to have, I'm sorry, I'm babysitting. My daughter is just screaming at me. That's not babysitting. That's parenting, Um, my friend. (laughs) Parenting. Yeah. That was my, my son might have a broken foot apparently tonight. So waiting to hear the results on on that. And and Mitch, let me, let me just preface kind of what I said earlier. So in North Carolina, the only mandatory testing dates are November, November 4th through November 27th. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. So that would be a buck heavy time. Yeah. So that's during the rut. So that's when you're, you know, cause voluntary and, and back it up a little bit more. I don't know where your percentages are, where you're talking about, but, but here, the percentage is less than like 0.01% of deer tested. We've only had seven cases in the whole state. So it just seemed in my, what all I was saying is they put a lot of burden on the hunter for a very, very low percentage. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's certainly the case in places like that. And, you know, it, it's tricky, especially at the beginning. And I think, um, you know, you get, like you guys talked about it, the burden should be on the hunters to, to try to protect the, the resource. Because, I mean, the birds on the DNR, they want to do the things, but it's up to the hunters to step up and do those things the DNR can't do things without the hunters cooperating. And most of the things like we used to have earn a buck. What happened to earn a buck here was enough hunters complained to legislators that the legislator, the legislature in Wisconsin took it away from the DNR's toolkit. So now the DNR can't implement it at all without the legislature's approval. So that's something that basically hunters took away from the DNR to manage deer. And it seems like those are the things that tend to happen here. The DNR gets handcuffed by essentially hunters who don't want, they don't like the constant, they don't like CWD because the consequence of CWD is they don't get to do everything that they want the way they want to do it. And that, goes along with harvesting does and and the like so it's it's really tough for the dnr to do anything without 
hunters actually being hand in hand with them. So and, that's what, that, that's please what don't I take this as me arguing with you. Um, Go ahead. So just uh, to, please, please don't take this as me arguing with you because that's that's not who I am and that's not what I'm about. Because I do believe that it's an issue, but like it, where I live, if I go hunt a county next to me, I literally can't bring the home, the deer home to process it. I'm supposed to debone it in the woods. So counteractively, there are people not killing deer because that's an inconvenience. Keep, I would, yeah, that would be a challenge. I've never because you can't here. you can't take the deer home to process it and is it you know i would rather them do something like if you take it home to process it you also have to take the bones back to where you got them from and bury them or which I, I would be on i would be on board with that yeah or like the dumpsters that we have yeah we're lucky we have the ability programs. we we have programs we have a dumpster program which mitch and liz actually really worked very hard to get implemented here in the state and with along along with a couple of other really key players like our friend Doug Duran, we have like in my town at my DNR station, I have a dumpster. If I if that one's gone, I have a public hunting grounds right across the the border, the county border from me, from ten miles away, Goose Lake. I can go put bones there too. I can I can dump my carcasses yeah. there. Um, so that's what makes it better. But you're. Thomas, you're saying it's so new there that yeah, they probably don't have area, the infrastructure. They don't have the infrastructure. They have no no way of really um, dealing with the situation at all. And what's a little no. bit, a little bit, I get what Mitch is saying. It's on the hunter to do the, you know, the voluntary testing and bring it in, and like, yeah, that's absolutely right. It, it, it's a little bit sucks because maybe the ship has already sailed, but we had a perfect system in place to counteract that. And it was in-person registration Yeah, where you had to bring it in somewhere yeah. to be registered. And many times there was like on a popular weekend, like Wisconsin's gun opener, there, there, were, there, there would be attendants there who would take samples. Yeah. And, that Agreed. Was, and that Another was wonderful. That but like, I get, yes, yes, yep. it is. And that required a lot of manpower. I get that. But if, you know, that, that was a, a great system people, to help. But now there's that. enough it, people it, that it, are yeah, willing to, help, to volunteer you know, with to it. help. Yeah. Well, for instance, I hunt in Texas. It's my favorite state to hunt in. Do you know that Texas doesn't even make you call in your tag? <laughs> Every year, they don't even wow. know how many deer were sure killed in the state. <laughs> well, there's a lot. I'm there's sure. Lots of like, you know, like you, you get three buck tags and you get three doe tags as an out-of-state hunter. And I could use all six tags and I don't have to call anyone. The only thing I have to do is... If I take it to a processor or a taxidermist, I have to wrap the tag around the antler, but there is no checking it. So like, and the reason I bring that up is Texas now has CWD. So you got a state full of hunters that have done it a certain way for a period of time. And I'm certain now they're going to be asked to start doing testing. And I think the reason that hunters don't play along and they push back is Whenever you do something that is mandatory, we are a group of people that does not like mandatory. <laughs> yeah, there's something, there's some psychology to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't, don't because like me, a lot of us, don't tell like, me what well, to a lot do, of us are, woman, are Second know? Amendment guys. A lot of us are, are, you know, that way of thinking. So whenever we hear a government entity tell us that we have to do something, it is human nature for that person to push back. And I think if they were volunteer systems or just made it easier, like 
like for instance, I, I'll give it, I'll give my state a little bit of credit at the processors. Now they are paying processors $20 a deer to pull the sample. So it's every deer idea. that That's comes to idea. the processor is getting sampled. Yep. But the worst part is like Greg talked about, they're all going through the same grinders, the sample. So I, I killed a doe back in October, October 10th. I still don't know the results. Cause they haven't gotten to it yet. They haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. And so I'll know my results it, probably within a month, maybe less. Yeah. I still don't know the results. So Mitch, yeah, you're still tough. there. What do you, what do you, yeah. I don't know if there's any it's other tough. additional it's thoughts. Tough. It's a complex topic. It just is. Yeah. We're, f- we're further along. Cause yeah, you know, you, you brought up, brought up the, the idea of the state paying processors to, um, take deer in and then those go to the food pantries. That's, yeah. that's a program that we have here in Wisconsin, but the processors don't like that because they have to wait for the CWD they results don't like storing. before they process those deer. Yeah, I see. So then they're working around those deer for a you know week, week and a half, whatever it takes to get the results back. And so we lose, we had processors in my county that were part of that donation program, but they all got out of it because that slows down their process. And that makes it that makes it tough. So we have that process in the state. It just it just the uh, process. It's not effective. Not, it's not effective. It's, it's not enough money apparently for the processors to do it. Well, no, to, to deal with the right. trouble. It's not enough money. So. We're not efficient enough at our testing yet. We're it, we're suffering from efficiencies, deficiency of efficiency. It's been, so, yeah. Mitch, it's I have been, a question. It's, it's been when, pretty, when a process... like, four or five days as far as testing goes for me ask. getting mine back. Thomas is going to ask what I'm asking. This, Go ahead, Thomas. This... <laughs> so, when a process processes a deer, does the state pay the processor to do that? Yes. Like, if, for so, them, so, I have a perfect I don't remember solution. how much it is. I have a perfect solution. I hope the DNR is listening to this in North <laughs> Carolina. Pay me 30, 40 bucks to process and then take to a food bank and donate. And also part of that is I have to turn in the nodes. I mean, it's not hard to pull the nodes. I mean, anyone can do it. So if they would, if they would you, start a program where they 30, 40 bucks off your processing fees, which have gone up. So if you're going to pay, yeah, but I'm just saying like, if I, if I process it myself, which I used to do all my deer, but now I can't bring my deer home unless I get it all muddy and cut it up and debone (laughs) it in the woods. Um, you know, if, if I was allowed to bring my deer home, turn in the nodes, process the deer, donate it to somebody who's in need and they sent me 40 bucks, guess what? I would do it all day. Mitch, do you know? Um, yeah. So the the program you'd mentioned about the processors getting paid by the state, having to house that meat until the CWD test comes back. If the test comes back positive, is that meat just disposed of? I imagine mm-hmm. so, because I don't I I don't think the DNR wants to be part of putting that meat into the food banks. But is that the like positive is, is that what's happening for sure? I that's. That's the way the program's supposed to operate, as far gotcha. as I understand it. That makes sense. Like those, that process is supposed to leave it hanging until it goes back to what you eat it. Back. 
Copy. They get the results back. If they're negative, then they process it and, and send it to the food banks. Yep, that makes sense. I was just curious if you had a definitive. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. my understanding. Tough well, topic. I appreciate what, I appreciate what you're doing, Mitch, because I, I truly believe that you're just trying to preserve hunting. And and yeah. I am for that. Um, I, I just think that sometimes the marketing around CWD and the way it gets broadcast to hunters gets a little misconstrued. Media gets some good and, attention out of it. That's part of the problem. They, they put a, yeah. a, a fear-mongering headline out. And it gets a bunch of clickbait traffic. They get their views and ratings yeah. and so forth. And unfortunately, it has a negative impact. But if you're, yeah. We've ahead, hunted right. with Mitch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's one of us as far as I'm concerned. He loves, I think he's better he, than us. He loves hunting frank, just as much as the rest of us. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm the same as you guys. I don't you, know, Mitch. You're pretty fit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which I love to hear because the biologists here, most of them don't hunt. So Yeah we're fortunate that we have some biologists that do hunt here and we got people no, like Th- Thomas, honestly, yeah. I, I got to say, man, I didn't expect this topic coming out of this podcast with you. This is I great. I thought we were going to just get trashed. Good. Yeah. Like TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is good. No, I, I have a lot of different sides. So. <laughs> this is a side I've not seen. This is a really You're good... aware. I mean, yeah. we all have to be aware. That's, yeah. that's most of the battle. And if you're not aware, if you're just going to dismiss it, dismiss it as well, it's, it's a hoax. It's a bunch of crap. But I think, I think like, look, it doesn't change how I hunt. It doesn't change. I'm, I'll never stop hunting because of CBD. I'm not one of the hunters that's going to be impacted by a negative media yeah. message. Me. That being said, I'm always happy to provide testing. Cause I think I'm, I'm a believer in data. I love making data informed decisions as a marketer. So like, if they're trying to solve a problem, let's give them some more data. I don't see anything wrong with that part of it. No. Um, I'm willing to take a couple extra steps out of my, you know, quote unquote drive or process or whatever I'm doing to ensure that that's happening. So like, I think that's fine. Um, I'm nervous. I turned in five deer last year from that property. I turned in another four this year, nine. Look at that. So nine deer. And I just, I would assume, I would assume that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be negative just like last year's, Mm -hmm. but you never know. There's a lot of deer in that area. But do you wait to eat them? Yeah. They're all packaged up and just, waiting and i do them all in uh, freezer paper because it's cheaper than doing them in vacuum bags my yeah. wife wants to know so i man, yeah i wait, I, wait. See, I, don't, I don't wait i mean like i i'd be waiting forever on north carolina I so i've already eaten tender lines are different story maybe i, I mean know. all my deer yeah. were very fat and healthy so i don't predict that they're going to be a problem yeah there but yeah. you never know now mitch thanks for calling into the to the hotline here yeah, yeah. man yeah, yeah, appreciate good conversation, it. guys. I appreciate it. When you're willing to take a drive to Oconomowoc again, you let me know. You're welcome anytime. Yeah, we need to have you on again. Yeah, well, I'm open. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, talk to you, buddy. Soon. Talk soon. Bye. Appreciate Thanks. you guys. Have a yeah, good day. Yeah, Thanks, I appreciate man. you calling in, even though you're watching the kids and you wanted to give some good information. So that was good. Thank you, Mitch. It's <laughs> a little juggling act. Normally, there's two of us here at night, but not tonight. <laughs> we know it's challenging. Yeah, Thank we you. Do. We know. We know the challenge. See you, buddy. Part of our lives. Have yeah. a good one. You too. See ya. Well, Thomas. And for the you. record, I am on to the second bottle. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You've gone to the. You've gone to the solving the world's problems. One bourbon. I've gone time. to the rock dad whiskey. Yeah, so. I know you're gonna be live on TikTok tonight. No. Maybe you'll catch me live when I'm producing this episode. Yeah. Be yeah. good and prime for. I tend to come talk. down to the studio Ooh, at Beam. night to work, and it's uh, Oh yes. Yeah, we got we got some red steak up here. I haven't tapped into yet. That's an interesting. Oh, that's good shit. Bottle. That's good shit. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there on the shake. Don't touch the bar. It might fall. 
There yeah, hasn't yet. I, that is a sketchy Still, looking pallet bar. We're both bar. very worried about that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. Hey, grab day. that off there. No, you can. I'm not. I'd love gonna... to lighten the load, but. Yeah, but. <laughs> I have a very sketchy. So I, I got to tell you, all, Wisconsin's on my bucket list. Come hey, yeah, you're Come welcome. On over, Come on up. We'll help but, uh, you out. We'll point you in the wrong direction for sure. Yeah. Not not because we're, you know. Uh, I can show you where deer aren't. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not we, what we're gonna, we think they're You guys there. are going to laugh at this. I've never hunted public land in my Ooh. life. Really? No shit. Hey. No, I mean, be- I, I mean, I have 22,000 acres of private land to hunt. Why would I? Yeah, public? there's no yeah, reason. I wouldn't to, either. That's I'll tell you what, though. But if you're sharing that 22,000 acres with several other hunters, it might as well be public. How did you get yeah. access to this 22,000 acres? Well, let me go through this. So I have 1,800. No, I have 2,200 in North Carolina. And I manage with another guy all the leases. Um, and then, so I'm in sales. My buddy sells insurance. We meet a lot of old people. Our first question is, do you have land? <laughs> and, you <laughs> and, murder, and you murder them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so if they do have land, we're like, okay, we'll pay you X amount for each acre. Um, and then, um, so I go to Missouri, I hunt 200 acres there. I've got a really good friend who owns that 200 acres. And then I've got uh, 8,000 acres in South Texas. My cousin owns that ranch. And then I have 11,000 acres that I paid in to be a part of the lease in West Virginia. And there is 19 hunters on that 1,100 acres or 11,000. Well, I was going to ask what you did for a living, which answered that question. That actually isn't terrible for the amount of acreage per hunter. That's a decent spread out. (laughs) Yeah. And the cool thing about West Virginia is all the land is owned by either oil companies, tree companies, or coal companies. So you can get a lease in these bow only counties for like a dollar an acre. Wow. So it's super cheap. Um, I only pay 900 bucks to to be a part of that lease so it's a good deal that's not a bad deal at all yeah this is off topic of anything we've talked about tonight but you well not necessarily you talked about a target buck and how that's miserable did did any of y'all watch including you thomas the seek one 200 oh, did yeah you guys watch that that was that was insane his ded- his dedication and his obsessiveness could not do screams. it worth the watch no could not do it worth the watch i don't know how the hell he well, found that thing well, he did created a lot of issues for himself because did y'all see when the cell cam went off and he was like, it's walking this way? Yeah, <laughs> so, I no, I thought the I thought exact about, same thought, yep. thing. Yeah. And then yeah. a couple minutes yeah. later, here it comes. That was like, a, oh, yep, here we go. Chocolate well, in the, the rumor, I don't know this to be true, so I'm not going to say it's 100% fact, but the rumor is this buck is like super well-known in that area. Well, how could it not like, be? Pe- and well, people would like take selfies with it, is what I heard. This so, is I've heard that I, I've the conversation. That. I don't last year. Sorry, I what thought are, Greg what? got a steel trap, but I guess he doesn't. I it's guess regular, I wasn't paying attention trap. to what those guys were doing because there's so many other people out there doing things. All I gotta say is like the, the concept of target buck going all in, so on, so right. forth, yada yada. But like the ability to like, oh, it's next amount of miles away, and this like, how the hell? Are you? Yeah, I, it, and that's it, where like, people's bitches my, about cell cams. Is, well, no, not even yeah. cell cam. There was in some cases he just like went to other areas, and yeah. I'm like, how the? Like, well, you is, know, this, you know how he does it. 
He's not married. He doesn't have a girlfriend. That, this is that was a real. This answer. is the con, this is the tactic that we. Yeah. This Hold is the tactic that we talk about once in a while. Yeah. Most people talk about tactics. The tactic is if you have time to devote, you will be more successful. He has hundred yeah. percent. If you don't time. have the time, if none of us had to work a regular job, and this guy does to maintain life, and we could just go and hunt. And go and fish and be That's happy, the advantage he actually has. Then we would be him. super no, successful. But the advantage is Lee is still an insanely yeah, driven no, I'm guy. Not like that. That. I'm not taking anything away from and him. And it will also he's drive super, you to be better every time. Yes. And he's you amazing. will hone your skill set much time. faster. <laughs> Twice killing 200s every year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is, he's, uh, he's, co- he's, co- he's compounding interest in hunting. Like yeah. he's, 100%. He's a league above because time, dedication, skill. He's got like it he, all. He's, mm-hmm. And with all of that, he gets better and better and better. Yeah. Like so, and I feel, and I feel like he's a really good person. He's, he's a, a good great person. Guy. That's what Bill said about him. Bill, Bill, he's like, you know what? Fuck Lee, because he's mad because he's such a good person. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he seems like such a great guy, and then you talk to him, and he is a great guy. <laughs> you yeah. just get mad because yeah. he's better than you. Yeah, it's just yeah. a night. But it was yeah. a cool. It was nice a, guy. I enjoyed watching it. it. I watched it late night. I was well, that was one of the reasons I said I was working. Uh, so I brought the laptop out, literally on my lap on the couch in the in the front room, and I was like, I'm gonna put this on. And then I eventually slowly closed the laptop and stopped working. Push it off to the side. I was like, I was all in on watching that oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, it was, cool. it was incredible. It was cool. It was a cool story. The way he, na- the way he like got the story out of it was. I don't even know how the hell you capture all that to make that story. That's a whole other challenge in and of itself. On top of the challenge that you're doing to document that was like stupid good. So yeah. anyway, that's yeah. a whole other league of all of that shit. Yeah. So Thomas, if you don't want to chase 200 inch deer in people's backyard, we can invite you out to no private to Wisconsin public. <laughs> You can come join us. Um, Wisconsin public ass. is interesting, though. Yeah, like, I mean, there's there's always potential <laughs> for good deer on Wisconsin public. There is. So, so, there so is. in Missouri, there's CRP everywhere. So, I guess that's kind of similar. But. Mm, Look at the screen. CRP is a no, bit more different. Rick the pheasant. I'm here to tell you, unlimited time hunting hasn't made me much better. Maybe next year. <laughs> Guy can have goals, Rick. Guy can have goals. Yes, Rick. That's a, that's a closing statement right there. How do people find you? Uh, Thomas the train. So basement decor at basement decorator on Instagram on TikTok. It's a basement underscore decorator because TikTok's weird. Um, <laughs> it, is. it is, but uh, no, I've also got a YouTube page basement decorator. And uh, yeah, I just try to put, you know, I think Eric's probably shocked at how serious I've been, but I try to keep it a good mix of serious, funny, I love hunting and I uh, like to have fun while doing it and uh, yes. like to celebrate with whiskey. So, Cheers, man. Well, thanks again yeah. for being here. We'll end the live broadcast. We'll keep you on for a minute. I'll end the, the whatever, which, I don't know, which is Instagram. And uh, I don't know. Go follow Basement Decorator. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Most of his content's pretty damn entertaining. This is a serious side of Basement Decorator that I did not know existed until this show. I wasn't prepared. You for should have challenged me to a shotgun or something. You know? Maybe. I mean, you, know, you drank enough bourbon, so we'd be in a dupe territory here. But when you come to Wisconsin, we'll happily host you. Yeah, let's do it. Right, cool. Man. Well, thanks, everybody, for that tuned in. We got one more to go for this calendar year, so stay tuned for next week. It'll get weird. Because <laughs> it won't this time. We're going to need Calder's headphones. Yeah. Hello there. Hello.